Hello, Conversations with Dwyer listeners. If you are enjoying the podcast but you want a little bit more, you can become a Patreon subscriber, and for $5 a month, you can get bonus content, bonus episodes, and a podcast that I create solely for Patreon where I talk to comedians about the music that they like. And you get a pin that was created by Charlene Yee of the, the, the Conversations with Dwyer logo. So please, become a Patreon subscriber. The link is in my show notes under All Things Dwyer, or you can just go to themattdwyer.com. Thank you, and enjoy this episode of Conversations with Dwyer. I saw the song right at day. I've been waiting for him to say something back to me. Hello and welcome to Conversations with Dwyer. I'm Matt Dwyer, and this is a music podcast. And I'm trying to deliver my opening intro differently than I usually do because I realized I always have the same patter and and whatever. And maybe that's fine. I don't know. Just trying to mix it up for me, for you. Anyway, this is a music podcast. And speaking of music, that song that played me in is entitled... Songwriter, and that is from the album Saturn Return, and that came out May 21st, 2021. And the artist is that uh, sang and wrote that song, the songwriter of the song, Songwriter, is Stacy, And she's fantastic. That album is really great. Uh, I really, really love it. And I also really love this interview. She's uh, a great, super-duper individual, and I really had a blast talking to her. And as I mentioned in the pre-show intro, you know, if you join Patreon, often there's bonus material. Well, there is with Stacy. We we let our hair down, <laughs> so to speak, because we thought we were done, and then we kept talking, and that's the way it goes. Um, I do say I've been wondering lately. I've been saying in my intros for a long time now that this is a music podcast, and it definitely is. Um, but I've been entertaining the idea of going back and having some filmmakers, keeping it an artsy thing, but I don't know. If you have any thoughts on that, you can email me at conversationswithdwyer, or you could go to themattdwyer.com. That's jumping off point for all things me, Matt Dwyer. Social media. Instagram is a great way to uh, see who's coming up and who's been on. Also, I started a TikTok. I know. <laughs> uh but I feel like, you know, that's the, the, social media evolves. And if I'm one of those guys who are like, I don't do that, then I'm just old and tired. And then I should just go lay down somewhere and maybe lay down in an open field and let the squirrels pick at my carcass. Um, but seriously, like whatever, whatever's out there. I, I don't know. I'm trying more and more as I as I pass more time in this life to be more open to things and not be like, ah, that's for dumb kids. Because what, what good does that do anybody? It doesn't... I don't want to be that guy. That guy is never fun. Lenny Bruce uh, talked about this, that, like, you know, once you go, like, these kids today, you're done. And so many people do it. And it's dumb. <laughs> it's, it's, I agree with dead Lenny. Um, but I guess that's it. Please support the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And if you're here for the first time, Thank you, and please check out my past library. There's a ton of old episodes you might dig, and especially if you like Stacy, whose music and this album, Saturn Return, 
is really great. So in the show notes, there's all things Stacy, Bandcamp, etc. Buy it. You could stream it, but that's for a-holes to do. You could buy it and then stream it. That's totally acceptable in my opinion. I spend so much money on records, it's really becoming a problem. I need a 12-step program, I think. Anyway, buy her record, buy the streaming thing, download it, put it in your iTunes, put it in your phone, but don't stream it on Spotify. Thank you very much. Here's my conversation with Stacy. And when we met that Friday in May, I was talking fast. Yeah, I'm just heads down working all of the time. And I just feel just between like having a job to like also support the music um, and then doing the music and doing the videos and like, and I'm independent too. So it's like, you know, you're running a business. Um, so there's not a lot of time. <laughs> what was being independent? Because uh, according to Spotify, for an independent person, you have a, a lot of streams, which indep- and I'm independent. So I know what kind of work that takes. So I, first of all, you have my respect and admiration for oh, that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Do you want to be on a label or do you sort of enjoy the uh, autonomy? Is that, I hope I used that word right. Yeah, I think it would depend. Um, there were, there were like a couple of like, uh, conversations with labels before I put the album out. And I just kind of like took stock of what they were able to do and what I believed I had the ability to do on my own. Cause sometimes labels can be kind of like banks. And I was like, okay, well if I can access funding from the Canadian government, cause there's grants for artists, um, which I was able to do, um, which is incredible. And I'm so thankful for that. Um, and then I can hire out, you know, like a PR person and graphic designers and, um, you know, things like that, where that are, they just kind of have in house and sort of, um, you know, can serve almost like a bank sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) And a lot of labels are really cool and have like cloud. And like, I love like, you know, like mom and pop and sub pop. Like I love all those labels. Like those are really cool. But in the Canadian landscape, it's just like a little bit different. It's like, um, yeah. Um, so I just, I did link up with AWOL, um, who is my distributor, um, who got bought by Sony a couple months back. Um, and they've been awesome. I would say, I would, you know, give them a lot of credit for those (laughs) streaming numbers. (laughs) Um, so yeah, I have a team, but, uh, I think that's kind of like the modern way also is just kind of like, you can do a lot on your own and, um, yeah. I feel fine about it now. I feel like I, I could I can be open. Depends on on the label. Yeah, I, I struggle with it on my end because I was with a network and then I just don't like and not anything against the network I was with, but I just, mm, yeah the future of like I like dealing with people and who owns what and the money splits and all that yeah stuff, and it's never in the favor of the artist. Totally. Well, that's a really good point. I mean, that's what it did also come down to on some of the some of the deals I was looking at. I was just like, I don't. I think I can do more and keep my masters. <laughs> I'm surprised how much of that after decades of, of the music business that that domination still exists. Like it, it infuriates me. Yeah. I think it's really sad. I mean, I think that a lot of just typically artists 
you know, are more artists and don't like often have the business sense. So there's just like this opportunity for like these conglomerates to kind of take advantage of them. Um, and it's, yeah, I, you know, you see it a lot for do you, sure. Do you think you are, or, or do you have business savvy? Cause I know I don't, but I'm always impressed when people have both. I think to an extent. Yeah. I can, I think working on the side and like, I worked at digital agencies for about five years um, and just having an understanding of how a project uh, should, can be managed. Um, and um, yeah, the rest you kind of learn as you go. I would say, yeah, I would say seven out of 10 <laughs> business savvy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just always like, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, a f- idiot. And if my partner wasn't smart, I'd be really fucked. <laughs> there's so there's so many things that you have to do. Like you also like at a, at a certain point of time, you're like, you need a business manager. And I'm like, shit, that's something that I, I do need. But yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot of hats to be worn. Yeah. Did, were you shocked when you came from Canada where you get grants or can get grants to see, <laughs> to see how unsupportive uh, America is towards artists? Because you're just pretty much left in the wind. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't super shocked. It, it's just kind of, yeah, you're, I had heard the stories and I know how how lucky and privileged it is to be able to access grants from, from Canada. But it's also kind of like, there's that, there's also healthcare. It's like, it's just a very different place where, um, yeah, definitely I feel more... Um, I don't feel like the floor is going to fall out from under me because of the support that Canadian uh, Canada gives their artists. Um, and yeah, it's, it's spooky. It's spooky. America is a spooky place. <laughs> I know we have such arrogance though, thinking we're the, I mean, I don't personally, but you know, there's that we're the greatest. It's like, you fucking looking around pal. <laughs> it's, like, it's a dystopia out here. <laughs> How dare you badmouth my country <laughs> that I constantly badmouth? <laughs> yeah, does that do, the healthcare? Does like if you have to go to the hospital, does Canada cover that here? No. Um, if you're a traveler, you can buy traveler's health insurance, but only for like a limited time. Um, I've been here now two years, so now I have I pay for health insurance here. I'm sorry. <laughs> what made you know you... what? We get the weather. <laughs> yeah, we do. Well, I, yeah. And did you? And Toronto. I've been to Toronto a bunch, and which I love. But and I'm from Chicago, and all that. Oh, cool. Fuck, fuck that cold stuff, right? It's so cold. Yeah, I remember spending my first winter here, and I was just kind of like people have been living this way for so long and nobody told me I've been living through so many winters. Unbelievable. I can't, <laughs> I, I, I can't even think about it anymore. Like I'm like, remember scraping your car off. I remember scraping ice off of your car. We went, <laughs> we went to the mountains like uh, a few, because I wanted to show my kids snow for the first time mm-hmm. in her life. Mm-hmm. And we had to get pushed out of the snow and it was just like, and we didn't like drive into it. It just was tad it was just and I was just like fuck this yeah yes especially when you're like in a pre-pandemic world and you're going to work every day and it's like also there's snow as friction to like make your day worse (laughs) what attracted you to to Los Angeles 
Is it, the, was it more than the biz or was it just the biz? Um, that was definitely the main reason. Um, but I did just, um, I was back and forth for like the last 10 years for different things, for work, for a relationship, for music, uh, music stuff. And I just kind of fell in love with it over time. It's, it's so beautiful. I mean, the landscape, you're coming from living on the, you know, Eastern side of Canada, where it's just the climate and the terrain is so different. And it just looks like a fairy, fairy tale out here. And it has the, all the Hollywood magic that you kind of like, for better or for worse, but (laughs) (laughs) that you grow up watching and sort of romanticize. And so to every time I would, you know, arrive and drive into town from the airport and just kind of like, you know, get into, into LA again, I would just feel like the sense of magic and wonder. And I was just like, this place is, this is where it's happening. This is where I gotta be. Yeah. That's how I, the first time, well, I can't, lived here when I was 18, but I was stupid and it was, <laughs> it was, I, that's how big my ego was. But then I came, the first time I came later when I knew things, I was just like in awe of it. I was in Los Feliz too. I, was, I just mm-hmm. remember sitting at a cafe outside and being like, why the fuck wouldn't I live here? Exactly. Yeah. And it's nice as a creative person to just feel amongst other creatives. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. It's just, uh, do you feel it, it feeds you creatively? Yeah, I do. I feel whether it's like placebo or not probably is, I just feel like I have the permission to be like, wear to wear whatever I want to like be my weird artist self and just kind of, I think it's probably like, you know, all in, all in my head, but for whatever reason, it feels okay to, to be that the person inside, you know? Yeah. I think it is a, like, I feel there's an, like an ex- overall acceptance that happens within the city. Not, I mean, granted there's pockets of everything. Here, of course. But, yeah. Yeah. But you know, it's a far more open-minded city and accepting to, various people which makes that freeing of your own mental state mm-hmm. yeah did you, totally. did you come to with preconceived note because i think a lot of people have preconceived notions of los angeles and when they get here and once you learn the city it's a whole different thing um i would say that um I didn't really because of, I had a slow transition. Um, and I, I feel like the alternate narrative of people that are just like, okay, I'm going to move to LA. I'm going to, I'm going to make it. I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> <He's in>. Um, <laughs> I didn't, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I like to think I'm a relatively practical person. I'm just like, okay, we're going to, I'm going to try really hard. I'm going to come and I'm going to work my ass off. And I think it'll just be good to be doing that here and getting acquainted with the community. And just like anywhere you live for like a few years, you, you know, you meet more people and, um, you know, find sort of a space that you fit in. And, um, I was just excited to be here and just kind of like see, explore. And, um, I ended up meeting like a lot of, um, different musician friends that have like showed me different music, showed me what they're working on. Everything's very like, uh, there's a sense of camaraderie, at least that I've found. So, um, yeah, I no preconceived notions and it's, it's working out. <laughs> yeah. Once I first, God, and I knew people here, but like found my way into other communities. Like it just 
people take you in pretty quickly. Yeah. I think the sun adds optimism. <laughs> I agree. That I agree. Might sound hippy dippy, but I feel like there is there's just something about like I don't know, you're not in the gray six months or eight months out totally. of the year, and you're like, yeah. you, I found being broke here, you could still be like, oh, well, I'll go outside. <laughs> go for a picnic. Yeah, totally. It's funny, I, when I was like 20, I was in a relationship with a guy that lived out here, and um, we were... S- <laughs> We were so young and broke. I mean, I, I came to I came here for the summer. That was the first time I had ever been to to LA, and I think I had saved a thousand dollars. Like, <laughs> I think back now, I'm like, how did I live off of a thousand dollars? You're like, that's like three coffees. <laughs> yeah. What neighborhood was that in? I actually we lived downtown. <laughs> oh wow. I yeah. used to, yeah, I worked downtown for, I bartended in downtown for 10 years. Oh, yeah. We were at Six and Spring. Oh, yeah. I was at, mm-hmm. at a bar at on 4th between Spring and Main. Oh, cool. And then I worked at the bar the Down and Out, which was also at 5th, right across from the last bookstore, which is one of the oh, best yeah. bookstores on the face of the earth. Right. Amazing. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a whole scene down there. <laughs> 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 yeah, I was, uh, it's, the bar ended in 2015 and that was, and it's a sh- shocking. It didn't end me quite frankly. Yeah. Just, you know, no one should drink that much whiskey while working. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hear that. <laughs> <laughs> I know like there is, um, I'm trying to find the best, like you have a, you actually say something like you feel more in yourself when like surrounded by things from the sixties and seventies. And the, mm-hmm. that, and I was wondering like, if that, where is the roots to that? Like I, I like for me, I felt like attracted to like big band and swing. Cause that's what my grandparents always played. And like, so I find yeah. this comfort in that furniture, which I don't have anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love <laughs> furniture. Yeah. And also furniture from the fifties, the forties, not comfortable. Yeah. It's not comfortable. <laughs> but I was wondering if there was something rooted in what attracted you to that sort of style. Yeah. I think about that sometimes because sometimes sometimes I'm like, I kind of came out of nowhere, but I would say, um, well, I didn't really uh, grow up in a, a really musical household, um, and so I didn't really, like, hear the words Fleetwood Mac until I was, like, 19. Like, we just kind of had, like, the radio on, um, and my parents didn't really, like, have records or, like, talk about music. I took piano lessons. They would have, like, adult contemporary on, and I played some classical stuff, um, and that was sort of the extent of at home. But across the street, I would go and hang out with my cousin lived across the street coincidentally um and it was a different uh environment over there and um her mom uh, also my cousin (laughs) would have uh this oldies station on like the local oldies station and I totally forgot about that but I feel like there's probably two things one I feel like when I discovered music from that era I was like wow this is like unlike anything I've ever heard and speaks to me in a way um, thematically and like melodically in a way that like nothing else does. Um, And I felt such an urge to make up for lost time because now I'm here and I know so many musicians are like, 
you know, have grown up in like a very musical environment. And I was like, no, I want that. (laughs) I need to like catch up. And, uh, and so I think it's that. And I also think there's probably like just that seed of nostalgia in there from like all the music that used to be played at my friend's house. That's interesting. What do you, who were some of the artists that, that, that they were playing that grabbed you immediately? Um, well, at my friend's house, I think it was, um, just like, like beach boys and, uh, lots of, lots of the sixties and seventies kind of up tempo. Um, yeah, fun, fun stuff. I don't really remember exactly what was on the station. Definitely beach boys. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I then got into, um, yeah, Fleetwood Mac and Carol King and uh, Simon Garfunkel and just kind of all of the classics. And now I'm kind of like, okay, now where else? And it's like <laughs> Nielsen and Lauren Nero, Nairo. I um, almost wore my Nielsen shirt and I had a uh, feeling yeah. I should have. Yes. <laughs> I'm still getting acquainted with the catalog, but I love it all. It's a big catalog but it's a big catalog it's uh yeah like nilson schmilson like i listened to that and i can't help but like go oh john bryan listened to this yes. a thousand times like it's yeah, yeah. nothing against john bryan he's clearly a genius no of course but it's just like oh yeah before you yeah um was it when your parents were listening to the radio because my parents had I don't know how I fell in love with music, but I felt like while they would play their garbage, which was mostly, and I've talked about this on the show before, they played a lot of Anne Murray, and I would assume as a Canadian, <laughs> know who I'm talking about. But like that was, they, there wasn't any adventure, or it was radio in the car, and I was like, but I was like hungry for it. And I was yeah. wondering if that, like there was that curiosity pre-existing you going to your cousin's house. Yeah. I mean, I think there were a few entry points. Like, I think I also watched much music, which is Canadian MTV. And I remember watching music videos just being like, how did they, what is happening? There's so much happening. There's a whole song here that I really like, but also how did they make this video? I remember trying to make a music video with like a camcorder when I was like 10 and erased baby footage accidentally. Uh-oh. Anyway, Uh-oh. yeah. <laughs> How did mom um, and dad feel about that? I don't think that they no- ever noticed. <laughs> I don't know if they know. <laughs> um, <laughs> they're like on a like camcorder in the attic somewhere. Um, but uh, yeah, and my brothers, I, my brothers are like eight and ten years older than I am, and they would like burn me CDs, like mixtapes that were like the best of like. 98 or 99 or whatever year it was. It was like a lot of Canadian stuff. There's like Canadian bands that were big at that time were like the tragically hip and like our lady peace. And it's like can can con rock. (laughs) (laughs) When, cause you said you were making music videos at like 10, were you already sort of, um, sort of drawn to creating and not just like that, but creating music as well. Um, probably around that age is when I was like starting to try and write a few songs for sure. Yeah. I think I had written a song and it was very bad. And then I decided it needed a music video. (laughs) I was like, yeah, this is, this is it. Um, (laughs) but, uh, I, yeah, I started taking piano lessons when I was seven. So yeah, a few years 
after that I was yeah trying to make trying to make stuff were you doing but I was doing? sorry oh. I was uh discouraged a little bit from making from singing I, I don't remember exactly the moment, but I remember feeling that way. Like it was, oh, that's not for me. And so I stopped for a long time. It, it didn't come from an outside source. It came from you. I think it might've been like a passing comment from one of my parents. And like, um, yeah, that was like, it's always kind of been like, you'll have music as a hobby. <laughs> it's a, it's a different, uh, different mentality. It's amazing how one of those comments in passing can have so much weight to, uh, uh, I mean, I had that, I wanted to play trumpet and my dad was like, you don't have hands for a trumpet. And he knew nothing about trumpet. Yeah. I'm like, you don't know. Yeah. You play Yankee Doodle on your teeth. <laughs> Which he's very proud of and I'm, I'm happy for him. <laughs> uh, I want to see this. <laughs> if you have videos, please post it on your Instagram. Yeah. It's um, a running joke in the family. It's, it's fun. So was that, having that in your head, was that something you had to work to overcome? Because you have a great voice and I love your music. And if I know I haven't said it yet, but I really. Thank you. And and the total, not to get away from it, but I was listening to it this morning when I walked one of my dogs and I was just like, I don't know. It's just, it's, there's so much going on and uh, it, I don't know, it's just great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, it I, means a lot to me. I wasn't going to do some like, I mean, I wish I could do some like articulate breakdown, but then be like, man, this is, this is what's great. But, but it's like, it's just great. And we'll just oh, end okay. it at that. Won't we? Yeah. Oh, I, I know. I really appreciate that. Hey, some of the parts, you know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I would say that I, I remember not saying, I didn't sing until again, probably until I was like, Oh, I remember when, uh, <laughs> I was, I think 18, 17 or 18 first heartbreak. Oh. That's when I started, uh, singing again. I would stay home from school when no one, uh, was at home. And, uh, I was just depressed for half of my final year of high school. <laughs> so I would stay home and I play piano and that's when I started to sing again. And that's when I started to like really try and write songs, but all kind of in the middle there from like, I want to say age like 10 to seven. I think I just kind of stuck to like playing piano and like learning like some classical stuff and some like contemporary, contemporary stuff. Do you have, do you ever just mail him records and be like, see what I did? How's your factory <laughs> job? <laughs> um, not yet. <laughs> Maybe. Um, yeah. It was a hard time, but, uh, it, it changed, it changed me. I think that really propelled me into my musicianship. Do you think there was an element of loss of innocence with that breakup or heartbreak? Um, yeah, for sure. Uh, I just didn't expect, I didn't see it coming in the way that it came and, uh, it blew my mind for sure. I like, didn't think that a horrible breakup was like in front of me. Um, and of course you're so young and it's like your first boyfriend or like partner, whatever. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think that moment is pivotal for everyone. It's like the world sort of changes a little bit. It's like, Oh, people can hurt you. <laughs> yeah. Even if they don't, even if they don't mean to. Yeah. I had a relationship and granted I, a lot of it was on me, but I mean, there was like, I was not, a pro, but you know, I wasn't ready or fully 
who I should have been to be in a relationship, but she also was just cheating like all over fucking town. <laughs> I mean, that's what, that's what happened. And I, and it like, and I was like so blindsided by it. Yeah. And it's hard. And I carry it like it fucked me for years. Right. Yeah. You can't like, don't trust, especially like when you were all trusting. <laughs> I was, yeah. And I, you know, but there was like those flags and that I ignored and I wasn't like a teen. I was in my late twenties and I still was mm. just like, so hard. I'm so sorry. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. And then when you just keep learning how many people there were, <laughs> you're just like, God damn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Similar. <laughs> yeah, and it's like and but it's hard also when you're young or naive, which I surely was, to I also was. <laughs> to learn that it wasn't it's not you. That's mm-hmm. that, that's the person who's broken, but it no one taught me how to have relationships or what, you know? Mhm. Yeah. It's uh, it's extremely challenging. When we're done recording, <laughs> I want you to give me his name because I'm going to take care of this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I moved on. It's fine. <laughs> I'm still going to bury him. <laughs> Sorry. Get him. <laughs> um, but did did you feel like that from that sort of you learned to create from a a space of emotion and to yeah. channel your emotion? Definitely. It's interesting. I mean, I, I feel at that time, like I was so forced to, like, it was just kind of coming out. And now I'm like, how do I get back to that place? <laughs> um, yeah, it, it, uh, it was definitely a raw time. I feel like, uh, the songs come easy when you have a lot to say and when you feel, um, very emotional. It, it, it could you look at that as somewhat of a what he did as a gift because it taught you? I absolutely do. I mean, I don't know if I would be an artist if that didn't happen to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was so. It was such a crazy change and like a first real sadness. You know. Um. So it just definitely. I don't know if I would be have. I don't know if I would be pursuing music and trying to be like. Um, you know, an artist and a songwriter as hard as I, as I am and have been, if that didn't happen. So I'm thankful for it. <laughs> what a heavy packed line, the, your first real sadness. There's a lot in that. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm overanalyzing it. It's so funny. I didn't know. I didn't think we would talk that this, I haven't talked about this in so long. It's interesting that we've uh, Arrived landed in, there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's, I hope it didn't make you uncomfortable. No, not at all. No, it's, uh, I mean, that was a long time ago, but I, I look back at it with, uh, purpose. Yeah. It just, it, uh, yeah, I was going to go back to it, but yeah. But that first real set, like, cause there is, I think about that, those, those moments in my life that were the first, like real, like, Oh, life isn't this bubble of fun and running through a sprinkler. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I've had some, a series of moments that were just like, epic in that way and it just it shapes everything it really does yeah do you i mean there's there's little moments of course as like a kid growing up that you can probably remember and like pinpoint to but um nothing compared in terms of like the depth of it um 
from that moment. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I remember reading, it was some celebrity and they said like something why they always wear turtlenecks is because somebody once said to them as a child that their neck was long and it was that one comment or that one moment that just, oh, and it's like, just getting your brain. Yeah. And it's like, I try to be conscious of this when I talk to people because I don't know, especially I kind of came from an era where people like make, made a lot of jokes and like, Hey, mm-hmm. little short legs yeah. or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like that shit can screw you forever. Totally. Yeah. It's nice that we're having a lot more conversations about that. And hopefully the kids can grow up um, with less of those uh, traumas in their mind. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, Oh, rebirth. Oddly enough, I would say that there, but the, that was a sort of a something you said is a, somewhat a, a theme of your record with Saturn return, like the return. I found that really. I'm not. I don't know much about astrology. Is but yeah. Are you big okay. into that sort of thing? You know what I. I'm, my interest is so piqued by it. Um, I don't live and die by it, but I think that I'm somewhere in the middle. I like learning about it. I like hearing what people's signs are. I like learning about some of the concepts and I find that, um, yeah, you do start to notice patterns in like people's, um, signs and, uh, yeah, I, well, a Saturn return is sort of, it happens between like 27 to 20 to 30-ish. And it's where, it's when Saturn um, arrives back at the place in your chart um, from, um, to the place where you were, where it was when you were born. Um, and it's, astrologically, it's supposed to be this like time of turmoil and chaos. And you're like going through and rapidly learning a bunch of hard lessons and then you're supposed to kind of come out on the other side to be, you know, aligned with your correct path, having learned a lot. Um, and so I wrote and recorded the majority of the record during that period of time. And there's also sort of this like ramp up to that time and then the come down. So now I'm sort of in the come down. Um, and, uh, which is fitting to release the record, um, afterwards. So that's kind of the overall, the overall concept, but I do feel like, um, uh, sonically, um, the, the, the music is very different from the last few EPs that I put out. Was that due to approach or because of Saturn? <laughs> Amazing. That sounded like um, a joke, but I went. I was probably both. Um, yeah, the approach was very different this time around. Um, I was kind of hitting up rather than working just with one producer. I had I brought in a lot of collaborators and um, felt strongly about the you know the influences that I wanted to bring in and. Um, you know, previously I'd probably, I'd work with a producer and we would do it and I'd be like, cool, it's done. (laughs) And (laughs) now I'm like, wait, 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 what what do we, does this part work? What is the, like the part works, but is the style right? Are we laddering up to like a holistic theme in a song, um, with, you know, both the lyrics and the instrumentation. Um, so just like, I feel like I was more intentional and more hands-on in terms of, production I'm never the one kind of like turning the uh the knobs and such but um definitely playing a lot of like the key parts the whirly parts and uh I think also just time like time went by and my influences changed and 
um, I had just found some clarity about the direction in terms of the direction that I wanted to go in. So probably a number of things there. Did you not <laughs> feel like, cause I, I, I did that, that clarity existed before or was not as clear prior to this album sort of like, I think I just didn't have a, as much experience and didn't really know where I wanted to go. Um, and so you kind of end up with music that's, you know, a combination of your taste and the producer's taste, but it's kind of like, uh, I would just say that the previous music ended up being more of a reflection of the producer's style. And now I've sort of found my own style and it still is a mixture. Like I'm obviously still working with different producers and stuff, but I just feel like, um, there's more of me in the, in the upfront stylistically this time around. Do you feel, I was trying to, I was trying to find out how to, do you feel also that you're more, I don't know, cause it's a process to create and like find your voice. Do you feel like more solid in that? Hey, this is what I do. Or did that? Yes, that? for sure. I mean, I, I feel like that's a continuous journey. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so funny. Like I probably like next album, I'm like, wait, no, this is how I, this, this is really me. But the fact is, is like, it's me and the, it's, it's, all of the records are a reflection of who I was at that time. So maybe I'm, um, you know, maybe I'll change my mind on the next record too. But, um, um, wait, what was the question? <laughs> I don't remember either. Don't remember. <laughs> well, Amazing. there is like, there is this like fully, like, it's just this fully realized piece to me. That's how I feel about it. Like, and it's, it's, I don't, it's just really and it's like you can definitely hear like oh dear retro influences but it's certainly of its own self like i don't think anybody can go like oh it sounds like this it's like which i to me is always the highest compliment of music where you're like oh that's their sound that is so nice i, I thank you for saying that um yeah i think also part of part of it probably just comes with age you know you like you start to know yourself a little bit better like i'm i'm 31 and um i just think you know in in your 30s you know a little i mean i'm not that into my 30s but i just feel like i know more than about music and myself than i did when i was like 23 when i first made my first album ep you know yeah i mean i think of and i talk it's funny because i talked to sunny smith about this yesterday and just and he's I think near he's in his forties, but we were talking about the difference between creating in your twenties. And he was like, I didn't even know what the fuck I was wanting yeah, to do what, at 22. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, if I would have had, if anything I created at 22 still existed in the world, I would be so like, I'd just be like, I'd, I'd be apologizing so often. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do you feel that your creativity and your personal journey go hand in hand that they're they're uh, a unified sort of thing definitely yeah i i live my art and my uh art is definitely a reflection of me 
Um, people on the podcast can't see, but I am wearing a 70s Woodstock kind of a dress. Yeah, <laughs> I love the dress. And I, I've never said this on out of 255 episodes. Your nails look really great. <laughs> hey, thanks. I actually just got them done yesterday. So they, great eye. <laughs> I kept, they kept distracting me. I, and I, I was like, I want to, I want to hang out with your nails. Yeah, they're I, they're very satisfying. She did a great job. <laughs> um, is that, do you always wear the? Do you ever just like not? Do you ever just wear like cut off uh, jogging pants and? <laughs> uh, or are they also seventies? Seventies <laughs> jogging pants. Um, <laughs> Which would be um, velour. Yeah. Right. Um, I think, yeah, most of the time I'm in character, i.e. myself. <laughs> um, I just feel, I feel better when I, you know, have a fun outfit on and like do my hair and my makeup and many, I just like, it helps me like go forth on my day with like a little pep in my step, you know? Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, I don't go to the, uh, I mean, I don't go to the gym anymore <laughs> at all, but, um, when I did go, um, I, I would wear appropriate attire <laughs> for the record. Do you think there's an all like, cause you did say character and I always want, cause I do like certain aspects of certain performers seem to be like, I would say Bob Dylan was a character initially mm. anyway. Mm. I don't know how much, you know, I don't know. I just watched a Bob yeah, Dylan so documentary and I was just like, Oh, this guy just created a persona. And then I'm sure at some point it took him over. Right. Yeah. I feel like that, that probably applies to me. I don't know. Are they one and the same? Are they two different things? A extension of? Yeah. I mean, I'm not, yeah, I don't know really how to answer that. I, yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I am character. <laughs> like, I even feel like, you know, people thought Kurt Cobain was this like raw, here I am sort of guy. And like when you listen to other people talk about him who knew like the guys from the Melvins and stuff there was like there was he was very conscious of what he was presenting which I think mm. a lot of people wouldn't and I f I'm fascinated by that yeah I'm definitely conscious of what I don't know I think I um just in terms of like what I wear and what I put on the internet it is very much still it's what I like and what I want to do I I think that um trying to be any sort of character that's like not true to myself feels incredibly uncomfortable. Like even in a music sense, if I like, you know, try to make some sort of pop song, I love pop music, but that's just not right for me. So I, I just, I feel very, very uncomfortable in anything that it doesn't feel true to me. So while I am a character, I, <laughs> it is still very much uh, authentic. I would say. Have you written stuff that didn't, that didn't fit in your, uh, for lack of a better word, brand or character, mm -hmm. but that you liked and you're like, oh, I can't do anything with this? Um, for sure, yeah. There's a few things it's kind of sitting in a private SoundCloud. Um, there's this one, <laughs> yeah. There's this one song I really like that has a real kind of pop, like first Lana Del Rey record kind of a vibe. Um, I was trying to write for um, a TV show. And, uh, like there's a, um, I was in touch with the music supervisor who was putting the, uh, the, the theme song together. And so I was, t I was like trying to write one every week and trying to get, uh, stuff over. And, um, and there was, so there was this one that came out of it that I thought was like pretty cool. It didn't, it didn't make the, the show, but, um, 
I would like to resurrect that in some way or another. <laughs> I'm always amazed by that sort of creative person who's like, like Nilsson would just be like, oh, like he wrote songs for the monkeys or like, oh, or Popeye. Or these things that like are completely outside of what you know mm-hmm. as his music. And I'm like, how the fuck? Like, I can't do that creatively. If somebody's like, write a action picture, I'd be like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it depends what it is for me personally, but I do feel that it's freeing in a way because it's writing for, from, it's just like detached from my own emotional feelings that I'm trying to like tap for my own songs. So then it becomes very, um, I don't know. For some reason, it just it does feel a little easier thematically to kind of like get it off the ground because there's not so much weight attached to it. Um, it's more of like a business endeavor over a personal endeavor. Um, so in that way, like there's less of a mental block to at least just get going. There's still always like to make a song is is challenging, uh, no matter which way you slice it. I mean, for I mean, it's it's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. Do you ever try to write something that's just intent just for the exercise of like because i read like once eddie vetter tried to write like i forget what kind of music it is like raver music mm-hmm. and he took ecstasy and he got a yeah. hotel. i was like you that just doesn't that's crazy <laughs> and, yeah i was just like that's so bizarre to me that eddie vetter would try to write raver music <laughs> yeah you know i i think i could stand to do a little bit more of that like i'd love to just be like okay stacy you got four chords write a pop song um that like is you know fits in like the top viral spotify 50 like listen to those and try to recreate one that's a good exercise um there's lots of like different i love like a songwriter exercise i just don't have a ton of discipline (laughs) so um yeah i think i think that would be good that would be good for me (laughs) do you ever like does when you a song comes to you does it come from an emotional state or does it come just does a melody come out of the universe or how does that usually apply for you it can be either of those things um sometimes i'll just like come up with a little um melody or progression on on the keys and then i'll just like sing something over it and it's just kind of whatever comes and then other times i'll i'll be like going through something and I'll, i'll write it all out and then i'll try and find chords that match that mood um so it just sort of depends it can come in different shapes like there's one song like sometimes they're really emotional and sometimes it's like I have this hilarious song that I swear I'm going to finish and put it on the record because I think it's so ridiculous. It's it's a song about cacti and it's just like amusing on like, do the cacti talk to each other at night when no one's looking? Do they have fights? Do they do this? Do they do that? And I just think it's kind of like, it's so random and it's fun and there's like no, it's, it's, it's light, you know? I loved it. And I feel like people used to especially going back to like the 60s do more songs like that exactly exactly that's why i like find a lot of um there's so much charm in them even though they can be cheesy at times it's just like oh you're singing about this hilarious mundane thing and it's just fun for everybody (laughs) yeah because harry nilson has a song about his desk he has a song called my desk and it's just like yeah i don't know i find it not to go back to sunny smith but he was saying like the kind of stuff that Ray Davies would write was always like from a character. And he's like, you don't see people writing 
in third person anymore. And I was like, fuck, that's right. And it's, I love the kinks, but I never put that together. Yeah, totally. I mean, there's so many different little things from that era that I also find really fascinating about songwriting that I really crave. Like I want, I want to see that come back. Um, and because I think some of those, um, tactics are really interesting and yield really fun, unique results. I, I think they're just very charming. Yeah. Cause also listening to, cause I put on a swing radio station a lot. There's just a shit ton of songs about food. <laughs> like, yeah. Bring it back. We love food. I want to sing about fried ch- chicken. Would you? <laughs> country might be the genre for you. <laughs> I listen to a lot of country. I did just get a fuck Owens record though. Cool. Do you do vinyl? I do. You know what? I, I love vinyl and I love putting on a record and I, I actually drove my entire, entire vinyl collection out here. When I drove, I drove a minivan, I put them all in the van (laughs) and I have the vinyl, I have them out here, but, and they sit in this credenza, but I don't, I need a new console. I just haven't like gotten around to getting it. And so I just haven't been listening to them. I really miss them. I love I love the act of putting on a vinyl record. Yeah, I bought a new record player at the end of last year, and then I ordered the wrong speakers. Damn it. <laughs> a Canadian company flew on. Oh. <laughs> but I, it, so it took me till last week to get my speakers, so it took six months, and I was just like... I, but I kept buying records. Yeah, but that's good. Like, I, I, what I'm saying is I feel your pain, and I... I I want to help you get a record. I just mm. got rid of a like an old '60s console too. I would have given no. it to you. I, to- I was trying to give it to people. And no one. Would- people were like, "I don't got room for it." And I was like, "Okay." Shit. Yeah, I probably don't have room for it either. <laughs> <laughs> That's the other thing is like I get. You know, I'm tempted every now and then. I love to go to a vintage store and I'm like, "Oh, this record," and I have to be like, "Stacy." <laughs> where are you going to put these extra records? There's not a lot of space in here. Yeah. So, but it all, next- <laughs> yeah, it all works. Cause I always feel like, like anything I am like, I should have bought that. But like at the time I struggled over money or like whatever reason to not buy it. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, yeah. now I sit here and I'm like, you dumb fuck. You should have bought it. Yeah. It's true. Yeah, I know. I've dropped a lot of F-bombs this interview and you haven't dropped one. And I feel like, I feel like, I I feel like a dock worker to next to a, (laughs) to a princess. (laughs) (laughs) They come out, they come out. I just, uh, yeah, I don't know. They, uh, we'll see. Maybe we'll get there. (laughs) Yeah, maybe we will. I had, I, I, there was another Canadian, uh, I'm flaking on his name, but from, uh, Nap Eyes, I, I forced him to say, drop an F-bomb. (laughs) can <laughs> i just say it break the ice sure break. yes <laughs> i love to bring people down to my low class level amazing uh, can may i i'm good i want to ask a dumb question it's probably dumb sure. and you've probably been asked a thousand times but it has been a curiosity of mine in many when you go by this sounds so stupid i'm almost embarrassed of myself but when you go because no, you just go by stacy Mm-hmm. And I'm always curious why, what is, I'm sure it's different to everybody who does it, but I'm always, what was the reasoning for that? Um, share was taken. <laughs> you win. You win this. You win uh, my, my dumb question round. I, uh, 
I just, my last name is Houchin, which is just like not easy to like say. And everyone's always kind of like, is that, what is that? I'm just kind of like, I don't even want to have this conversation. So, um, I don't know. I just, I also didn't want to come up with like a fake name. And I was just like, no, it's just Stacy, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I, I wasn't like, I never, I hope it didn't seem like I was like, why would you do that? No, but I was like, I, I find it know. interesting. I like the name Houchin for whatever it's worth. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> uh, are there, because now that you've finished this album and are you working, are there, are you working towards another one? And do you have sort of like things that you're pushing towards new directions that you want to try? Or are you still, where, where are you at with that? I sometimes get too wordy, don't I? No, no, I do too. <laughs> but, uh, I, I think the last two weeks, honestly, since it came out, I've just been taking a breath. It's been like such a long, hard push. Um, and, uh, I'm excited to get back to writing. I have a few songs that I've written over the last like couple years that I think will make it into like whatever the next iteration is, but I'm excited to just keep exploring, um, and, um, bringing in new references and, um, right now I'm listening to a lot of like CCR and Jefferson airplane and some more like the stones, like more rock and roll. And I'm just kind of like, I, I would love to like bring this in somehow, but I don't, I'm not that kind of a singer. <laughs> so maybe it would just take shape in the form of like some really cool guitar solos and like just a little bit, I don't know, maybe there would be like one or two songs that are a little bit more rocking. <laughs> I love CCR is one of my all time favorites. Yeah. I had an awesome. ongoing argument with a friend of mine for years that because he was just like, it's biker music. I'm like, it's not biker music, man. No. No. And then we saw a CCR cover band and it took him to see that to realize how great the songs are. Like The songs are amazing. He's amazing. Yeah. You, yeah. Is there any, do you, do you ever, are, do you listen to newer stuff or do you usually tend to circle around the old? I mostly have like this one playlist that I just add all new, new seventies and sixties music. That's new to me into this one long playlist. And I just shuffle through it, but there are a few artists, modern artists, all of my favorite modern artists, um, have an element of nostalgia in their music. Um, so I love Tame Impala. I love Wise Blood. I think she's incredible. Um, Lana Del Rey. And um, my pals, uh, Johnny Payne and Brandon Wolf Scott, they're amazing songwriters from Vancouver. Um, they also helped out on the record. I love their music. It's so good. Um, those are the, for the ones that kind of come to mind. Is there anything that you listen to that people, guilty pleasures or something, people would be like, really? Um, I don't really believe in guilty pleasures. Like, I feel like <laughs> there should be no guilt. Like, so you're cool with just like eating a whole cake in your bed? Yes, it's the Taurus way. <laughs> I was, oh, I, you brought that back because I was yeah. going to say, I'm a Scorpio. Are we friends or not? Ah, we are friends. Scorpios get a bad rap, but I like Scorpios. I always was like, yeah, because people would be like, ooh, and I was like, hey, man, if you did that towards a religion or anybody, like, <laughs> you would be a bigot, but it's acceptable yeah, for me. 
You don't know what my yeah. rising and sinking. Yeah, and you don't know my rising. <laughs> I love that you just said that, though. <laughs> um, what is your rising? <laughs> I don't know. My friend Emily knows because she like will email me once in a while and go, okay, so you're going through this because of that and this. And I'm like, I don't know what any of this means, but oh, yeah. thank you. Uh, that's amazing. I'll find out uh, for you. I think <laughs> maybe Sagittarius... Okay, cool. Yeah, that makes that could make some sense. I don't know you well enough yet. Oh. <laughs> but it's it's Sagittarius are like always down for the adventure. Yeah, my, that's funny because I lived and one of the biggest influence on me when I was a young man was a Sagittarius, and he was hmm. the most zen-like individual I've ever met. Like just like the guy never just shit came to him. Like he never worried about. Mu- it was like, and I cool. still marvel, and he's still that way. Wow. That's I'm amazing. a neurotic nightmare. Yeah, that's maybe a Scorpio thing. <laughs> I don't know, and I don't know. Maybe who knows what the moon is? <laughs> I, I don't. I don't. I know. I don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you read it in the paper every or paper? Hi, I'm from the 1970s. <laughs> paper. <laughs> Wish I read the paper. Um, no, I mean, I have, a, I have a few apps. You know, someone asked me that literally just the other day. And I, my response was that I really only look when, when it's a hard time. I'm like, okay, what's going on with the moon? And it's like, <laughs> where's, what retrograde are we in? And I, I think it's just like a thing. It, it can be comforting to place reason in the stars, you know? Yeah. I mean, if you ever watched the Cosmos with Carl Sagan, he goes out of his way in the first episode to discredit astrology. And I always, have you seen it? No. It's literally within the first five minutes. And he's just, and it's, I'm like, and you know, that was recorded in the 70s. So I was like, did he just yeah. have a beef with somebody he met at a party? Did he have to go out? Of, <laughs> did he get his heart Scorned broken? by an astrologer. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, she turned you down, pal. Damn, astrologer. <laughs> That's um, really funny. Back, uh, but because you said like in hard times of hardship or whatever, you look to that. Mm-hmm. Is that? Do you also feel like you have to be somewhat in a emotional state for your music to come out of you? No, no, no. I think sometimes it can just be fun. Like that's also sort of a, I'm trying to take pages out of the books of, um, you know, uh, like CCR and, um, what's that? Uh, I love, you know, the song Punky's Dilemma by Simon Garfunkel. I don't, but I have, I have a bunch on vinyl. I should know the lyric. The lyrics are so silly. It's like, it's like, wish I was a Kellogg's cornflake. Wish I was. Uh, Somebody was doing I, some acid. Wish I was an English muffin. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to make the most out of a toaster. Um, <laughs> I like that. It's the whole song is just lyrically so fun and bizarre and out there, and uh, I think that those are equally valuable and uh, meaningful to like a very emotional song. I think um, it's too much, you know. To, to try and, and get a really meaningful song, I think sort of your, uh, defeats the purpose almost. Like it has to come naturally or otherwise it's not going to feel genuine, um, for me at least. Right. Um, 
So I can't really force those ones. They come when they come. And then sometimes I'm just like, I want to write a fun song today. I want to write a song about cacti. (laughs) I want to hear that song, by the way. (laughs) I wonder, and maybe this is a stretch, but I feel like that generation of the people that we've talked about songwriter wise came listening to the music of the 1940s when they were kids and like that I want to make the most of the toaster made me think of like that's a very Cole Porter-esque sort of phrasing Mm. and I wonder if why so many of those songwriters are great is because that was because there were so many great songwriters from the 40s in that era I'm just I don't know Mm -hmm. I was I I don't know I was just thinking out loud but that's which is the vast majority of my interviews (laughs) (laughs) that's what makes them great stream of consciousness that's where we get the real stuff (laughs) I, I try to but I don't do you list do you have you visited any of that old timey stuff um not a ton when I put it on it's just kind of I don't know what it is I'll be honest. It's just, but it's like nice. Um, one of my favorite artists though is Blossom Deary. Um, oh my God. So amazing. I'm so obsessed with her. Um, she is just like this charming jazz pianist and singer and, um, started her own label, put her own records out through her own label and is, um, she's just really iconic. There's, did you watch, uh, the marvelous Mrs. Maisel? I did not. My partner did. It's so nice. I, I love that show. Um, but there's a lot of Blossom Deary in the, in the music. Is she contemporary? Um, no, no. She was uh, like 50s and 60s. I think she made records up until the 90s, actually. But the, her records that I listen to are like the 50s and 60s ones. Wow. That sounds like that should be a, a, a person doing independent records in the 50s is pretty that alone is already nuts and then you th- you know and plus women weren't as much as in control yeah. as you know like you know it was all fucking dickhead guys <laughs> of course yeah she no she was um yeah just such a just did her own thing did her own thing pursued music for her her entire life and yeah starts her own record label it's incredible that is Um, i'm gonna have to check her out because i'd listen to i don't know i don't know i stream old timey music a a good portion of the time yeah it's it grabbed me a little bit more because you can the vocals are more up front and it's quite melodic and the stories are really good the storytelling is awesome you should check out um i'm hip that's like my favorite one by her it's awesome i like that i just like that title yeah it's really good she's like (laughs) yeah you'll like it um thank you very much i've greatly enjoyed talking to you ah likewise thank you so much for having me Thank you very much for listening to Conversations with The Wire. Please become a Patreon subscriber. If you like, also subscribe to the show on your iTunes or what have you not, and tell your friends about the show. That would mean a lot to me. As well as uh, go to the link tree in the show notes or themattdwyer.com or Conversations with The Wire at the Instagram, and you could learn more about the show, buy merch, and all those great things. Thank you very much for listening.